So glad you're here. We're going to start a life group and maybe a couple life groups here on Sunday morning. For those of you who have never been in a life group, a life group pretty much is a small group. And it's a small group that is focusing on growing in our relationship with our Lord. It's pretty much growing in the great, uh, the great commandment and also the great commission. It's um, learning to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's learning to love each other. And then, you know, it's a place where we just can invite people who don't know Jesus yet to come on and get to know him. And so it's a really, really important place. When my father passed away, uh, he had a uh, sudden heart attack. He collapsed at home. I get a call from my mom, you know. It was like a shock. But you know what's the greatest thing? I had my small group with me, and, and together we went to the hospital. And, man, it was such a blessing to have... Um, I have my small group there. And, you know, we learned to kind of do life together. We just loved each other. And that's what life groups are all about. It's loving each other, but really growing in our relationship, growing as a follower of Jesus. So I want to encourage you. Some of you think, well, I don't know about this life group thing. That's why the second half is perfect for you, because you can just come here after service, just go over there, check that out. And I, and I guarantee you that's going to be such an important part of your journey as you follow Jesus. The other part is the classes. Now, we've never had, we've never, uh, we've never done any of these classes before. We have a couple classes. One is first step. The other is next step. First step is, is really about growing in our relationship with the Lord. And um, in the class, what I'm going to be talking about is, is how you can pray, how, can, how, how we can pray in a more effective and a, and a more, you know, just a, on a regular basis, there's so many great things about prayer. We talk about prayer all the time, and you might be struggling in prayer. And that's a perfect place to learn more about prayer. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Word, the Bible. You know, some of you are like, where do I read? What do I start? You know, we're going to go through in that class how, um, how you can read the Bible, understand a little more, can journal, you apply it. It's great. I mean, it's, been, it's so great. That's going to share kind of like, how I kind of, you know, go through the Bible. Um, in the last few years, it's just been like extra great. Um, you know, like I go through the Bible once every year. But, man, it's been so great this year. It's like I'm on my second round. I hope I hope to finish going through the Bible again and then going through a third time this year because God just speaks in a really great way. And so if you've always had trouble, um, you know, like just kind of getting into the Bible on a real regular basis, you know, um, come to the class. We're going to also be talking about worship and some other important things. And then in August, we'll be step what this church is all about. You'll learn about, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you'll learn what your spiritual gifts are. And it's just going to be um, a really great time. So sign up, all right? I mean, take advantage of this uh, summer plan that we have. We're going to go July and um, August. We're going to go with our service at 9, second half at 1045. We'll see how that goes. But in that time, um, I am praying about where God wants us and what God wants us to do for our second service. You know, is it going to be back at 1045 here? Uh, it might. It might be here, like maybe on a Saturday night or Sunday night, or it could be in a totally different place. I don't know. The sky's the limit, but we just want to see what God wants and, and we're going to go ahead and do that. You know, I'm also thinking, you know, with, with so much of the digital world coming about and so much things are online and, you know, like um, 
um, you do a lot of your banking online and not just having to go into a branch, I'm thinking, how can we meet the culture where they are? And maybe, is there ever such a thing as an online church? I don't know. Well, we, you know what? We're going to explore everything because the whole goal is to go out and make disciples. So, I don't know. Be praying for us, though. Really be praying for where and what God is leading us. This is really, really, really an exciting time. And today is a very significant day for all of us here at KCF. You know, today is the day we're going to be commissioning and sending out Max and the team to, to establish a church in East Oahu. Um, today is really a testimony. It's a reminder and a celebration of God's great call for all of us here at this church. To commission means to entrust a person or a group to a particular action or function, giving an authoritative order or charge. And that's what we're going to do today. And as we send out our brothers and sisters, I would like to share um, a little bit of what God put on my heart as far as God's call for us all, and then some exhortations to the team that's going out, and then we're going to call them forward, and then we're just going to pray a blessing. You know, we're just going to pray a blessing. But the first thing is this. God has called us to be the church and not go to church. Okay? God has called us to be the church and not go to church. We are to be the church. We don't even do church because we are the church. The church is who we are, not where we meet. Right? And Ephesians 5, 29 says, For no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. Right? And Francis Chan in his book, Letters to the Church, says this, There is no greater honor on earth than to be a part of God's church. When was the last time you were awestruck by the fact that you are a part of God's body? Have you ever marveled at this privilege? You know, think about it. You and I together, we're part of the body of Christ. We're not just a family. We're not just a group. We're not just an organization that we just come together. but, But we're all part. In reality and truth, we're part of God's body. You know, some of us are God's hands. And some of us, like, like I might be the, the pancreas, maybe. You know, I don't even know what pancreas But, you know, whatever, fingers, you know. You know, we're all part of his body. And, and Francis Chan is right. It's like, man, when's the last time we stopped to marvel that we have the privilege and the blessing of being God's actual body. And that's what the church is. When the church began in the book of Acts and throughout the history of the church, church has always been referred uh, to people, never to buildings. You know, when the church got started in Acts, you know, when the people thought about church, they didn't think about a building that they went to. All they thought about was that's the people. That's the people that follow God. That's the people of the way, is what it was called. And one author wrote about about it like this. It, the church, was made up of individuals who operated 24-7 from house to house all over town as a transforming organism, not 
um, not a static institution. Its objective was the transformation of people and of society rather than acting as a transfer station for saved souls bound for heaven. And sometimes we think church is where we go, and church is a place, and church is what we are, and all we're doing is it's like an insurance policy, and we're just waiting and hanging around, doing our thing until we all croak, and then we go to heaven, right? And, and church is more than that. Church is more than that. It's who we are. It's not where we go. It, it, it's a living organism. It's not a religious institution, you know? It's not that. It, God called the church to be the very body of Christ and all of us together. And he uses and he works in us and he works through us to accomplish his mission here on earth. You know, what a great privilege. We don't go to church. We don't do church. We are the church. And that is where it starts. We're the body of Christ. Not only are we the church. God has called us to go out and make disciples. We're not here just waiting to go to heaven. We're not here to say, man, that's the world out there. We're the people who we know Jesus, and we're saved, and we're going to heaven, and we're going to be right here in this nice little church, and we could care less if everyone else went to hell. It don't matter, though. We're just right here, you know? It's nice. It's comfortable. We like, you know, more or less the people are decent folks. God never called the church to be that. God, God called us to go out and make disciples. You know, it's really interesting that Jesus, when he prayed, you know, and it's called Jesus' a high priestly prayer, um, you know, in John, he, he didn't say, take them out of the world. He says, no, while they're in the world, Father, I pray that you would be with them and you would guard over them and you would use them in a mighty way. It was never to take us out. And as the church, we're called to continue the mission that Jesus started. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Some translations of the Bible kind of assume that it's people that he's come to save. So they, instead of putting that which was, was, which was lost, they say those who were lost. But, but Jesus came to seek and save everything that was lost when Adam and Eve sinned, and it's called the fall, and sin came into the world, things were lost. That's what Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Ed also in his book, Transformation, suggests, he says, I see three distinct losses. First, our direct and intimate relationship with God was lost. Second, the harmonious relationship between men and women were, were ruined. And the third loss was the marketplace. The fall affected business, government, and education. And Jesus came to save individuals and people and more. That, that Jesus came... And God's call for him was to come and to reconcile people to himself, to restore healthy relationships among men and women to all of us, and really to begin to bring a transforming influence in the realm of business and education and government. That it's more than just reaching out to people. It's more than just, hey, guess what? Someone else accepted Jesus today. 
In fact, the Bible never even talks about accepting Jesus. You know, it's not about making converts. It's to go out and make disciples. And he says, and, and Jesus said, I came to seek that which was lost. And then later on, he gives instructions on how he came to, and how we are to continue that mission. We call it the Great, um, the great Commission in Matthew 28. He says, Jesus came, told his gang, he says, I've given all authority and I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, you all go out and make disciples of all what nations. Yeah. It's not just people. No, it's all nations we make disciples. How do we do this? What are, what's the instructions? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I will be with you always to the end of the age. What he's saying is, look, I came to seek and save that which was lost. That's what my, you're my disciple. You've come to join me in this mission, this rescue mission. How do you do this? You go out to all the nations. You make disciples. What do you do? You baptize so that they are identified with me, you know, in my death and resurrection and they're identified with me in my body, and you get baptized. Not only that, you teach them to obey. You don't teach them to know. You don't teach them to understand. You teach them to obey. What do you teach them to obey? All the commands. Because when we as a church are obeying all the commands, we can begin to go and make an impact and seek and save that which was lost. And that's what he says. Not only does he give us specific instructions, he also gives us the power to accomplish his call in Acts 1, uh, verses 8 and 9. Right before he goes to, ascends to heaven, you know, Jesus was, was crucified, he was resurrected, then he hung around and, you know, hung out with people for a while, and then the time for him to go, his last instructions, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. He reminds them, that's the mission. Got to go out, telling people about me where everywhere, in Jerusalem, in the city that they were, and then the region beyond, to, uh, throughout Judea and Samaria, and also to the ends of the world, ends of the earth. After, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. That was it. He says, you got the mission. I've given you the instructions. And now I'm just not going to let you just flop around. I'm going to give you the power to accomplish everything that you do. You see? And, and, and the Holy Spirit now lives. When we become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us. And we have the power. We got to tap into that power. And that's our call, to seek and save that which was lost. How do we do that? We go out. We make disciples. What do we do? We teach them. We teach them to what? To obey. To obey all. All of God's commands and instructions. How do we do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we begin to do that, <clears throat> it'll impact the world. It'll impact our relationship with Jesus, you know, with, with our Father in heaven, that will be reconciled and restored. It'll begin to bring about this, this um, healthier relationships among all of us here. You know? Um, it'll also begin 
to make an impact in the world around us. See, if we don't make an impact in the world around us, what good are we? You know, if we're just huddled up here and everyone's growing and we're getting, you know, all fat in Jesus, but we don't go out and we don't make an impact, what good is that really? The new church plant is called salt and light. I mean, how are you going to be salt and light if you're just all huddled up here? And that's why we need to go. <clears throat> and we need to affect our, our communities and our, and our culture. That's our call. All right? So we're the church. God's given us a call. We've got to go out. We've got to make disciples. Third thing is we have to be obedient to God's call, even if it means sending people out. We, God's church was never meant for everyone just to huddle up and be together and wait until we all croak and then we go to heaven. Die, I should say. Croak is not respectful. Kick the bucket, all right? Yeah. Take your last breath. Anyway, so, okay. But, but that's not it. That's not it. That, that we have to be obedient to God's call. And throughout history, men and women have responded to God's call to go out and make disciples. For some, they've gone out as missionaries, right? Missionaries throughout the world. They've literally said, I've got to go out, and they go out. For some, it meant going out as a part of a local church and going out into the community and, 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 and really doing a specific reaching out to a specific group of people or locale or whatever. The, last, the other week, I don't know, it was last week or the week before, I talked about how my wife Joanne and Lita, they went out. They went out to Roosevelt High School. They began to prayer walk that school. See, that's going out. Your kids will be going back to school in a few months. Maybe just get a few parents and you go out and you pray for that school, right? That's going out. And, and, and people have done that. For some, it meant going out to start a new church. Doesn't matter. What matters is we have to go out. God's call is to go out and make disciples. That's why we exist. And that's why we can't stay together forever. It's like a healthy family, right? Eventually, kids uh, need to go out and start their own lives. Is it easy? No, it's kind of painful. Trust me, it's painful. But they got to, because you don't want them to. You can't, no, you don't. You don't want your kids to just hang out with you for the rest of your life. That they've got to go out. They've got to spread their wind. They've got to be adults. And it's the same thing in God's church, you know, that, that we have to be obedient to God's call. We have to keep going out. We have to go out into your network of relationships, your neighborhood, your workplaces, your schools, your friends, your family. Just go out wherever God leads you and begin to share the good news about Jesus, what he says in Acts 1. Tell everybody about me, and you go out and make disciples. What do I do with my friends and core? You teach them to obey. And when enough of us are identified with Jesus and obeying all of it and living the way God intended us to live, it'll just change the world. You see, that's what God calls us to do. So, so why is it important? Why is it important to God anyway? One, because God commands it, right? God commands it. 
The second thing, and we don't talk about this enough as much as we should, the second reason we go out and we make disciples, because hell is real. Hell is real. Hell is a place of total, conscious, eternal separation from God, his person, his love, and his blessing. The Bible describes hell as a place of of darkness. You look in Matthew 8, Jude 1, it's a place of darkness. Hell is a place of gnashing of teeth, describing intense suffering, right? Hell is a place where fire that burns that cannot be quenched. Isaiah 66 talks about hell being fire that burns that cannot be quenched. Really and truly, hell is separation. The worst to me is separation from God. Hell is a terrible, eternal, awful state of existence. And that there is no one who has ever lived that God wanted to go to hell. When I read and when I study and when I think about hell, there isn't one person that I would want to see go to hell. Not even one, because it's that bad, you know. That's why I never say, you know what, go to hell. Because no, I don't want nobody to go to hell, right? I mean, think about what we're saying, right? We get so mad, go to hell. You know, what are we saying? We're saying, I want you to go to this place where you're going to suffer for all eternity. You know, there isn't, I, honestly, there isn't a person that I know. There isn't a person who could do anything enough for me to say, yep, I really would want them to go to hell. I want all of the Dallas Cowboys to go to hell, to, to heaven, not to hell. <laughs> Can you, like, you know, when the, we, we record this, I'm going to say it again, okay, so we can delete that part. I want everybody in Dallas Cowboys to go to heaven and not go to hell. Okay, so put that in there now. Don't, don't put the first part, okay? But, right, I mean, there's nobody. There's absolutely nobody. 2 Peter 3, that was crazy, right? 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. If you're here for the first time, I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened. It wasn't even a Freudian slip. John Skidelsky, come back next week, okay? Because I didn't mean that. I meant, meant, honestly, scout's honor. Okay. I don't even even wish the, the Seahawks to go to hell. No, everybody. This is, this is enough of that. This is what God says. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's being patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, sometimes we think, man, where's God? I want God to come back. How come God doesn't do this? He's not slow. He's patient because he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants to give everybody as much chance as they can. They can have so that they wouldn't go to hell. God doesn't want to see anybody in hell. That's why he sent Jesus to earth. Now that's why he sends us. And that's why it's so, so, so important to go out and make disciples. Because hell is real. Jesus' rescue mission spread throughout the world as the church chose to go out, right? 
The Apostle Paul went throughout the known world at that time. And he took the good news of Jesus and he went from place to place. And everywhere he went, started a church. So people could do what? They could identify with Jesus and, and they would be taught to obey everything. That was his whole deal. Places like Galatia and Philippi and Ephesus and Cyprus, wherever he went, he started new churches. The underground church in China <clears throat> continues to grow in spite of much persecution and challenge. As faith, faithful and fearless men and women have gone and taken the church into the cities of China house to house. I just read that um, the persecution in China has been stepped up. But that's not slowing down the growth of the church. As just men and women, they go and they, they do these house churches. And they go house to house. Yeah. And this is how, you know, and, and Pastor Tony Wong uh, came out of an underground house church in China. This is how they did stuff. Someone would come and train a bunch of them up, right? Uh, 10, 12 of them. And then they would go into different house churches. They would pray. Each one would pray. They said, and, and Tony said, we prayed for about 14 people. Our work, you know, people at work and people like that. They just prayed and prayed for, for a few months. They prayed and prayed. And then they went out and they invited them. They talked to them about Jesus. And he said, all of the people on that list received Jesus as their Savior, and in the bathroom of their apartment, were all baptized. And that's how it's done. And they say, you know, it's hard to know because it's underground, right? There's no official stats. But they're estimating conservatively over 115 million people are disciples of Christ in China. You know, the vast majority of them are in these underground house churches and they're suffering so much more persecution than we do here. But they're growing. Why? Because they take to heart God's call to go out and make disciples. Can you imagine if all of us here, we decided, you know what? I'm going to come here on Sunday and I'm going to be... Uh, you know, I'm going to be excited. And then I'm going to go home, and maybe I'm going to get another guy. We're going to start a house church. And we're going to invite, we're going to pray, we're going to do what they do in China. Can you imagine? We've got to go out, and we've got to make disciples. We've got to be obedient to God's call. That's God's call for us. What I want to do now is I just want to share some exhortations God put in my heart for all of you who are heading that we're sending out with Max, all of you, Max and Vanessa as well. Just a few things. First thing is this. Keep seeking. Keep seeking to glorify God and give thanks in all things and in all ways. Yeah, just, you got to keep seeking to glorify God. That, that, that the name and the person of God got to be glorified above everything else, about everything else above the name of your church, above yourselves, it's got to be, right? 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, eat, drink, whatever you do, do everything and do it all for the glory of God. Giving God glory and giving him thanks has to be your focus. 
has to be a focus as you go out and make disciples. Because I tell you what, neither you, um, the team, have the resources you need to accomplish God's call. You know, um, your enthusiasm and zeal for starting a new church, you know, and even, um, and, and your love for those around you and even those that you're going to be serving with will eventually grow cold. It will, if, if your focus is not on giving, giving God glory and thanking him for everything because the glory of God will never disappoint because he will always be there and empower you because of his glory. Give God the glory. Second thing is keep the main thing, the main thing in all things and in all ways. Keep the main thing, the main thing in all things and all ways. Keep the gospel of Jesus central from the very get-go. Okay? Keep the gospel central. Churches have been established throughout history, all over the world. There's a lot of differences, but the one thing that is central in all the churches that God is there and God's using and growing is the gospel is central. In Colossians 1.6, this same gospel, good news, that came to you is going out all over the world and is bearing fruit where, everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day you first heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Keep the, fir- the main thing, the main thing. And here's the thing, in Romans chapter 1, I've been thinking about this a lot. It says, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jews first and also the Gentile. The, this good news tell us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from the start to the finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Keep the gospel central because that's where the power is going to come from. It's not going to come from innovative ideas. It's not going to come from enthusiasm. It's not going to come from anything else. There is power in the gospel itself. That's always been the case. And keep the main thing the main thing. Third thing is keep devoting yourself to prayer in all things and in all ways. You know, I say it a lot, and prayer is the battle, and prayer is the battle. Prayer is how you're going to win. And so pray. Keep praying. Okay? Cannot just be, hey, we're praying. No, I mean, press in and pray. Ephesians 6. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Prayer is the battle, and that's where the battle is won. Prayer keeps you humble. It keeps you humble. You know what? God gives grace to what? The humble. And prayer keeps us humble and in the right perspective. Abraham Lincoln said, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I have nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all, and that of all about me seem insufficient for that day. Abraham Lincoln, the weight of the country, and he says, you can't do this. Prayer kept him with the right perspective. And then prayer keeps you connected to the source of all power. John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches, Jesus says. And in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, can't do nothing. 
right? Apart from me, there's nothing that you can do. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if you stay connected with me, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Prayer will continually remind you that apart from Jesus, you can't do anything. Prayer keeps you connected. And so pray. Keep the first thing, the first thing. Keep your folks. Give God glory and thanks. And then the last thing I have is just have joy. Have joy. All right? Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Throughout this journey, there are going to be challenges. You know, there's going to be challenges. And, and especially in those challenging times, remember that it is the joy of the Lord that's going to be your strength. There's nothing else that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And so when a challenge comes, you just gather together and you say, hey, let's not be dejected or sad. Let's remember that our joy is in the Lord. And you just take time to worship. And you thank God. And you give God the glory. You remember, prayer is the battle. You remember, hey, you know what? These challenges are challenges, but the main thing is the main thing. We're going to keep the main thing the main thing. And you just have, you have joy. I want you to have more than just fun. Because fun is but there's something even greater about joy. And I want you to have joy. And so have joy, right? Today, significant day. I want to call up Max and Vanessa and the team. Why don't you guys come up? If Max and Vanessa, you come on the stage, and those of you who are part of the team, you just kind of line up in the front, and we are going to pray for you all, all right? Come on up. And then uh, you guys, uh, Barney Fong, you just um, you keep your crew and just line them up. <clears throat> Here you go. I'll let you respond for you and your team. Okay, Max? All right. You know, I, I think these, these, these exhortations, I think, are really, really important. And I think as you start out, I think it's real important. So I think, you know, it's not like you're solemnly swearing, but, but just to affirm, yeah? So, so Max and Vanessa and the team, I just want to exhort you. Will you keep seeking to glorify God and give thanks in all things and always? If so, say, I do. <laughs> we do. Okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick them up a little bit there, okay? Second, second one is, um, will you keep the main thing, the main thing, and all things and in all ways? We, we will. Okay, they did it, right? Okay, because right? if I said, do you, they should respond how? We do. If I say, will you, then how should they respond? We will, right? Okay, 
That's an English lesson of some kind. <laughs> I don't know what kind, but it's something. Okay. Will, you folks, uh, will you folks do that? No, <laughs> I said, <laughs> we do, Will. Will you, keep, will you keep devoting yourself in prayer as a team in all things and in all ways? If so, say, I will. We, we will. We have joy. Will you have joy to the journey? We, we will. As the power vested in me as a praise our God, I now pronounce you church plant team. All right. I'm going to call um, um, Sonny. I don't know if Haley's here. Is, is your wife here, Sonny? Yeah, Sonny, Haley, uh, Pastor Sonny, Haley, and then Joe, if you come up. Um, we're going to pray a blessing uh, on these people. And um, it, it's like we have like the, the, the old crew on this side. We have the young crew on that side. I guess there's nothing in the middle. I don't know what, what happened in the middle. Okay. All right. Why don't you come, come up? Oh, sure. All right. Um, are there any elders that are here? I want you elders come up. And if you have your wives are here, I want the elders' wives come up. <clears throat> I have to respond to an email. <laughs> All right. The young side. The young side. Anyway, well, you push me over. Hey, wait a minute. You, get over there. All right. We are going to pray for them. Why don't you extend your hand? What this team represents is is. It's a testimony, and it's a reminder to all of us. This is God's call for us. This is not good riddance. For some, maybe. No. No, this is not good riddance. This is a family. And as a family, we're saying we are sending out a part of our family. Yeah. And, and we're going to get good reports. And, and next Easter, as Easter comes around, we're going to get a report that this is how much people... We ministered to in 2019, but in 2020, we're going to see as we sent this team out, the amount of people that we're going to minister to and you're going to hear the gospel is going to be greater than it was in 2019. And that is an exciting thing. All right? Well, let's pray for them. Why don't you? We'll pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Max and Vanessa and their family who um, received your call and they stepped out in faith. We thank you for this team who received the call, stepped out in faith, Lord. And we thank you that we are not sending out the three-legged calves and sheep, the one-eyed sheep. We're sending out our very best. We're sending out our very best. And, and Father, um, we are so thankful and we are so excited. And we, we just say to this team, um, go out 
and make a difference in the world. Father, we pray that you would bless them, that every person on this team would multiply, that every person on this team would know their role because they are the body of Christ. They are the body of Christ. And so, Father, we pray that they would know their role and they would be faithful to the role that you've called them to, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for, for them that they have answered your call. We pray that, that they would have joy on the journey. They would keep the main thing, the main thing. They would, they would pray and they would give you glory in everything that they do and give you thanks. So we just pray your blessing and we bless them as, as, as the church. Together, we bless them. And will you bless them in a mighty and a powerful way? And hundreds and thousands will come to know you because of their step of faith. We just thank you, Father. Thank you for them. And will you give to Max an extra measure of grace to lead this team and to lead this, this church? We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. All righty. Well, thank you. That's the call of our church. And so why don't we all stand, and we're going to pray. And then there's um, some grub in the back. Is it in the back today? today. Oh, yeah. So there's food in the back. Stay, hang out. And what we're going to do is, um, if you, if you want to, would help us, just stack chairs in the, the middle, you know, six to a stack, two in the middle, two rows of six, and then just go back there, and then a little later on, if you want to help the movers uh, to, um, to, to clean up everything, you, we're going to, um, Pastor Sonny probably will make, a, make a, like a little announcement, and we'll come back, because we want everyone to go and just hang out for a little bit, all right? Sounds good? Why don't we pray? Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your call. God, we're just so grateful for your call. We thank you, Lord, that, that before our very eyes, that it's a reminder of what you have called us to, that this is never to be a holding station for people who are waiting to get to heaven, that we want to be that church. We want to walk in your call for all of us to go out and make disciples, Lord. And so we just thank you. Thank you. We thank you for this significant day. We thank you. And Lord, I want to say on my part, pray an extra blessing on the Dallas Cowboys because I didn't want to slander them in any way, shape, or form. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless. So have some food in the back, stack chairs. God is good.